Radio. This is your host, Hurricane Ann, and I am so happy to have you tune in to this exciting episode where I will, I will be interviewing the one and only Carly Benet. But before I introduce her, I want to tell you how I came to know of Carly. I'm a real big fan of the Matrix Groove Hour, and I watch it on YouTube every chance I get. Well, this girl started being a guest on the show, and her name was Carly. I had no idea who Carly was, but I just loved her. She was just so crazy funny, you wouldn't believe it. And she makes everyone laugh. But besides that, she's super smart. And some of her tweets have even been cued. And for those who don't follow Q, being cued is like a really big deal in the world of anons. And Carly, she's just a really unique person. She's fun. She's comfortable. And I just knew I had to have her on my show. So I thought, well, you know, looking at her to ask. So I asked her, and she said she would love to be on my show. I was just super amped, and I text my sister, who also loves Carly, and she was like, oh, my God, sister, that's so cool. Well, anyway, so I had to prepare for the show, and so I started looking into this intriguing mystery girl, and what I found blew my mind. Carly is not just some girl on Twitter. She's an extremely beautiful and super talented lady. She's been a model, a dancer, and a 20-year veteran on the stage starting out all the way from high school, and she was also in rock bands. She is an amazing singer and a songwriter who writes and produces songs of love, life, and faith. And although her journey hasn't always been easy, she has always risen above any dark times to be a shining light and an inspiration to thousands of people. Carly has two albums, and I will include all of her links in the description box, so be sure and check them out. And without further ado... Miss Carly oh, Benet. I can't believe you, you, got this, you got that for me. You know, every time I'm on Matrix and he plays that, it's not my ringtone. And the minute I hear that, I automatically laugh. It's like the, you know, Pavlov's dog. You know, you ring the bell. I'm like, I hear that. Thank you. Well, I know that uh, on the Shady Groove Hour, every time that you come in, they play it and you just die laughing. So I was like, I never did a sound effect on my show. And so I was like, how do I do a sound effect? I have to have it die, you know? <laughs> well, so. because when I do my Periscope, I, I don't have sound effects really, unless I'm playing a music from my computer or something. And so I just go, da, da, da. And I just <laughs> but the sound effect is amazing. And I always know when my phone rings who it is because I have the dun 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 ringtone now. So it's it's, it's mine. I'm I like, I it. can't do a show without it with Carly. I have to have it, you know. It just goes with you now, you know. It's like kind of like your signature, I think, you know. But uh, I was doing this research on you, and I was just really blown away. But now you're from uh, – now I noticed that you – I'm real Texan, so you know my Texas accent. So when you came on, I noticed you had a real uh, northern-sounded accent. I don't hear it at all when you sing, but you're from New York City, and that's our beloved state that gave us our wonderful president. So we love New York for that. And uh, I read that uh, one thing that you had uh, – are you from Queens? Is that where you're from? I grew up in Bayside, Queens, and then I lived in Manhattan for a while. 
And then I lived in London, actually, for two years. That's like when wow. flying was only $99 on People's Express. It was so cheap. And I would go and stay there for six months. My visa would come up. I'd fly back, and then I'd go back again because I was trying to make it in music. And here in New York, everyone was buying British artists. So I figured, let me do like Chrissy Hines and the Pretenders and go over there. And I had a couple uh, record companies. They, you know, put me in the studio trying to write some music and that. It just, it, it never clicked. But when I came back to New York, because I had been in London, then all of a sudden I was popular and did a few things here and there. But I, I just never got huge. But I think there was, there was a reason for that. It kept me out of well, a, a lot of trouble when you see and the Anon World Jury, real, real big deal. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, on the uh, so when you came back from New York, I was reading also that. Uh, so you had to tell me this story about Ace Freely because my husband's oh listening my to the show. He is a huge <laughs> Kiss uh, fan, and while I was reading, I saw a story about that you had actually sang along with Ace Freely on stage at New York's China Club. Is that true? Uh, actually, when I sang with him, it was at uh, Club Nirvana. That's the club that's at the top of uh, the center of Times Square where they dropped the ball from. And they had this Club Nirvana that everyone would go to. But we met at the China Club, and then he came. I used to sing at Open Jams at the Black Cat. Now, I was very big in, like, the groups that hung out at all the New York clubs. I worked at Danceteria, China Club, Cat Club, all the different clubs. So we, we became great friends. And uh, one night we were at Nirvana's, and we were so wasted. I mean, oh, my God. And uh, they said, yo, Ace, you, you, you want to do a song? It was open jam night. And he's like, yeah, Carly's got to sing. And so we did uh, Led, uh, Led Zeppelin Rock and Roll, and people actually were in front of us throwing money on the ground to see which one of us would fall down first. Wow. But that was the story. That was the 90s in, in Manhattan. That, you know, I had a little apartment on 11th Street and Avenue A, and I was singing all over the place trying to, you know, get somewhere with it. And, uh, you know, you, you meet people. I met Niall Rogers. I knew uh, Eric Carr, whose real name was Paul. I knew him from when I lived in Queens at, from Club Camouflage when he auditioned for Kiss. And he was making his demo tape at the same studio I had finished uh, doing a demo at. And then I didn't hear from him for like a year. And the next thing I know, I look on the cover of People's Magazine, and there he is in the Fox makeup, the new drummer for Kiss. And a week later, wow. he calls me up. I said, where the hell have you been? You son of, you know, USOB, blah, blah, blah. You know, and we remained friends. And he was the sweetest guy. I don't know, you know, how he dealt with, like, the Kiss mania and that, but he was a sweetheart of a person. And he died. He had terrible cancer. And I remember the last time I saw him was at the Blue Note, and he showed me the scar on his chest because he had, like, o almost open-heart surgery. They opened up his whole chest, and then they, they didn't get all the cancer, and he passed away. And he passed away the same time as Freddie Mercury. So that's why uh, Paul Stanley 
when the Rolling Stone did the whole spread on uh, Freddie Mercury when he passed away, you know, he put a put in an open letter saying, you know, you guys, this was one of the finest people to ever walk the earth, Eric Carr. And uh, you really should have done something for him special, too. So that, wow. I thought that was really nice. Yeah. You have had a very interesting life. <laughs> you really have. I was reading this, and when I was reading uh, reading everything about you, I was I, I kept thinking about that one show, and they had a group of people called Divergent. And the Divergent were people that was were very talented in every single aspect, and you know each dimension. And I always thought when I saw that, I always thought, well, you know, I'm a little bit Divergent because I'm, I'm pretty talented in a lot of different areas. But when I read your stuff, I said, she's Divergent on steroids. <laughs> He's good at everything, you know. It's amazing. So I just thought that was like just really interesting reading about it. I lived my life at like throwing spaghetti on the wall and just hoping that one day, someday, something will stick. So I I went to college. I ended up just getting into theater and doing plays. And then I said, you know what? I want to be a high fashion model. So then I walked around Manhattan and I had pictures done and. I remember the door was open at uh, Eileen Ford, and I just walked in and sat down, and there was Kim Alexis, who was one of the biggest models at that time. And Eileen Ford said, how did you get in here? She's a really nasty woman. And I was like, I walked in, the door was open. She goes, why are you here? I said, I want a model. And she looked at me. I was a wreck because I had just walked from 1st Street all the way up to 59th Street. And a wow. couple avenues over because, you know, I just walked everywhere in Manhattan. I basically was living on pretzels and Diet Coke from street vendors because you have to be emaciated at that time to, to model. And she flicked through my pictures and she said, your nose is crooked, your hair is a mess, find, you're, you're 15 years old, go find something else to do with your life. Or 17, I was 17. She, you're too old, you're 17. That's right, that's what she said. You're too old. Okay. A week later, I had two other modeling agencies. So, you know, never let somebody tell you you can't do something when you know in your heart and your soul this is what you were meant to do. Yeah, I know that feeling. I wanted to do modeling whenever I was younger. And they're like, you're too short. You're too short because I'm five, five and a half. But guess what? I had the body for Budweiser. <laughs> they didn't mind me at all, you know. So I guess exactly. it just depends. Just keep on, you know. Although the day I was going to uh, sign my contract for Budweiser and guest teachings, I found out that I was pregnant with my little girl. And so I uh, fulfilled another dream instead by, by being a mother, which is also something I didn't put uh, when I was advertising about your show was that your probably biggest accomplishment in life is the fact that you are a wonderful mother and have two beautiful sons. And so you've managed to achieve all of this, uh, be a Christian, a role model, a patriot, a singer-dancer, uh, just a you know, songwriter, and still manage to raise this beautiful family. So uh, just, wow. And I, are you a grandma you. yet? Every no, they still live here. <laughs> We're all waiting for them to take the house. But both boys still live here. Uh, you know that one's going to college for uh to be electrician and works at Starbucks. The other one is learning contracting with his dad. And actually, he's leaving for work and he's gonna stay over there the whole week. But basically, if you ever see my periscopes, I never leave the attic. 
So I'm waiting. I'm growing my hair like Rapunzel so somebody can come up and rescue me from the attic. But now <laughs> they want everybody shut in. So, look, you know, my lifestyle isn't changing one bit with this coronavirus. <laughs> Did they take after the uh, with you at the musical and the uh, the dancing and singing and that? Did they do that? Oh, Dylan definitely. We, I actually, I tried sports with him. He would run off the field after I just paid out a whole bunch of money. I don't know if any moms can uh, feel me with that. You know, I paid for him for track for soccer and then he'd get out there I got the uniform the whole thing and next thing you know he turns around runs off the field into my arms but (laughs) he did end up playing he started playing my congas when he was little and then I, I, I got him a drum set and he just took to it without any lessons at all and now he's in like two bands wow not one lesson not one lesson all natural wow that's awesome. Are you? Which I'm very I had read uh, the other one. The other school. one's the jock. Ah. Yeah, he's the jock, and he's very upset I, that all I his, didn't his ever want my kids to play on. football. I, I had one son that started what? to be a jock. I only have one son. I have four daughters, and he started to play basketball, football. And after one year, I was like, "Oh, I hate this." I, I didn't. I just thought it looked really dangerous. And luckily for me, he didn't really care for it. He still plays basketball. And he's 20, uh, 28, so. He struggled with the basketball. You know, I, I like that a lot better. I thought it was safer, but that's just me. Uh, that's kind of sacrilegious to say that in Texas because football is a really big thing here. And uh, also, I was. Uh, well, it, it, uh, football's great if it's somebody else getting hurt, <laughs> you know, when it's your own baby. It's like, you know, I, I would cringe. I watched him with the roller hockey, the ice hockey, the football, the baseball. But you know what he would get hurt most? Riding his own bicycle right into a tree. <laughs> you know, stupid things. The skateboard. That gave me a heart attack every day. All doing all right. these flippy things on the skateboard right in front of the house. And I'd be like, no, no. You know, and I then I got them swimming. And, you know, we've always been very active. So it's it's been good. I, I taught them all their sports because I was a big jock. I was a MVP basketball player. I saw I was that. The first, yeah, in uh, Redeemer Lutheran School, I was, uh, they started me basketball in fifth grade. You weren't supposed to start till sixth grade. But I was pretty much picked on a lot as a kid. And, you know, I did all the school plays and stuff. And I had a German grandmother who used to make me eat the crust of the bread and everything, saying it'll make my hair curly and stuffed us with lots of food. So I was a bit of a chunky one. But there were other kids that were bigger, but it just seemed that I was always the target of being made fun of. It was horrible. I remember, uh, what was it, fourth grade, we were reading Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and all the kids started reciting Augustus Gloop, Augustus Gloop, Big Fat Lazy Nincompoop to me. I'll never forget it. Look how I remember this one line, because it just it stuck with me forever, how they made fun of me. So... The, the coach of the basketball team would see what was going on, and he knew that I played basketball every day after school by myself, and I loved the sport, and he put me on the team. And that summer, on vacation, I shot up like maybe three, four inches, lost all the weight, got taller, was a good basketball height, and next thing I know, I was center. And for the next three years, it wasn't until my graduating year, 
that we were all, I was all-star MVP, and we won all the championships. Because one teacher saw, saw the potential and didn't do what the crowd was saying by putting me down and saw the potential and, and, and moved me. I'll never forget that. Was, that was uh, Professor uh, Schmeezing and uh, Professor Schaefer, and they, they, the two of them. And I'll, I'll never forget what they did for me. And then kind of changed your life a little to, bit, probably. Yeah, well, you know, you need those mentors when you're young like that, especially when, you know, all these kids, all they do now, it's like bullying is a TikTok moment. Let's bully somebody and then we'll put it on social media and get a bunch of likes, you know, because this is what they do. Now the bullying has gone viral. And it's it's a shame, but, you, you know, you have to watch out for these kids. There's so many potentially great kids that are being ignored in this awful system that they got our kids in with this public school system. With this common core, we're raising a bunch of idiots. So it depends on moms and dads, teachers, to, to lift them up. And uh, I, I just hope it happens more. It, it's, a real, it's a really difficult situation. Schools should not be situation. babysitting. I had, uh, well, I, have, I have five children, and uh, mine are from 35 to 15. So I actually still have, I have two granddaughters that are older than my baby, okay? So, I mean, I have, but I do have a new new grandson who's two years old, and he is a blast. So you're going to be, when you get a grandbaby, you're going to love it. It's the best thing ever. But anyway, so I had this 15-year-old. Well, she was 13 at the time. She was in uh, eighth grade, and her name's Alex. I call her Alley Cat. And uh, she is a true patriot little girl that was the first person on the Trump train and goes around with her weapons and her uh, pocket constitution. <laughs> she's a great kid. But she started uh, – she's a little strangeling. Uh, she's a strange child, and she just kind of marches to her own drums and just – she's very different. and She's very sweet. And she started getting bullied really bad at school. And uh, I got tired of it, and I jerked her out of school, and I got a lot of slack about it from people. Well, I started homeschooling her, and I really didn't know how to homeschool, but I just pulled out all my college books, and I thought, you know what? History is history. It's just how you uh, you know, introduce it to them. So I just used all my college books, and I homeschooled her, and then I, uh, I took her to Australia for a month for geography and math, and that was really awesome in history. And so she learned a whole, whole, whole lot by traveling internationally, I think, more than any school could have taught her. But I did get a lot of slack from people. People gave me a hard time. I didn't get the kind of support that I feel I should have gotten, but it didn't matter because I'm I'm very strong. And uh, we did this for a while, and then Alex wanted to go back to public school. She got to where she was being a little bit resistant uh, to this, this strict structure of homeschool. So I went ahead and let her go back to school, and I have seen her uh, – She's a little bit more argumentative since she started back to public school, and she rolls her eyes, and she's like, why do you listen to those conspiracy theories and stuff? You know? I'm like, look, okay, uh, you little snowflake. You know, we're not going to have that. You know? But I can tell a difference since she went back to public school. I really can, and I don't really like the changes. But she, uh, it, it's difficult. It's a difficult decision to homeschool or to, you know, 
put him in public school, but I, I think that my child did better off homeschooling. If I had that choice back in the day, I would have I would have homeschooled. I went through so much, and this you're talking about Long Island, you know, it, it's it's uh, incorporated village. You'd think it, it'd be better, but I had more trouble. Than I would drive my car right to the bully's house and stand outside, and they were not afraid of your car. I said you should be, you know, <laughs> call them right out. You know, I I they my boys were trained. Since they're two years old, I'm a mama's boy and proud of it. And they'll repeat it to this day, and they're in their 20s. (laughs) You know what, Cardi? I think you're my soulmate. I really do. Well, I I guess maybe I'm a little immature sometimes. I'm not saying that standing outside the police house is immature, but my middle child, Andy, she's my cheer diva, and uh, she was getting bullied. She was real little. She's only 411, and uh, she was getting bullied when she was like in sixth grade, and we lived in a really bad neighborhood. And I, I went inside the school, and it was just Obama posters everywhere. And, um, oh, yeah. and of course, uh, I went in there, and, and this was uh, – we lived in, in the minority part of the neighborhood. So there was only a few white children in the school, and they did get bullied quite a bit. And uh, I just went to school one day with Andrea like a student, and I just sat in those little chairs. And at one class, I got to sit in, in, in front with the teacher. It was kind of behind the teacher, and so the teacher couldn't see me, and I just – squinted and gave that girl that looked the whole class and it felt so good <laughs> I thought oh that's so immature but I was like <laughs> bully melt me we take off my if that girl was as big as I was and she was my size she probably could have beat me down you know but uh, she wasn't yeah. a little bit kid you know and she looked like she was about five years older than all the other kids at school you know and I always kind of thought well that was really immature but to be honest with you it was one of my happiest moments so <laughs> I don't know. It made me well, so you know, because I was kid. bullied, so I had no patience for bullies. And you came after my boys. I turned into a crazy mama bear. You know, I've had it out with teachers. I've had it out with other parents. I've, I've had it out. Uh, there was one time I went to pick up my son. I had the younger one in the car. And all of a sudden, I see these three boys throw my son on the ground trying to get his backpack. There was like three or four of them. And... My son Dylan, he said the next, I went, oh, hell no. And he said the next thing he saw my purse fly in the car, and I was so fast that I I got the kid, and I basically picked up two kids from their backs and threw them. And I see the security guard. I said, you're just going to stand there? I have to do your job for you? And they wanted to throw my kids out. They wanted to have me arrested. And I stood there, and I said, go ahead. Go ahead. Go for it. They were attacking my son. <laughs> I'll get a lawyer and sue this whole community. Let's go. Go call the cops now so I can report every one of you and their, these kids. And they, they dropped the whole thing. Good for you. That's <laughs> awesome. No, I because, you know, I, these kids I, end up killing themselves because they're being bullied. And more and parents are like, oh, we're going to leave it to the schools. Well, you know, the schools aren't going to take care no, of it. I, my fourth uh, daughter, Angel, was uh, bullied severely, and she actually she had a boyfriend for two or three years in high school, and uh, he beat her up, and he beat her up, and he broke her nose, and he, she left in an ambulance. And we lived in a very small community, and I went to school with his dad, so, I mean, everybody knows everybody, and they had a lot of powerful connections, and uh, not a lot got done to him. But uh, when she went back to school, she had all these bruises, and all the kids were like, 
you're wearing she's wearing makeup, you know, and it started bullying her because she literally had a knuckle marks across her jaw and black marks on her throat where she'd been choked. She had a broken nose, so you know the black eyes and the nose that goes with it. And they were accusing her of wearing makeup and bullying her and nothing was done about it. And then one day one of the girls was uh bullying her and uh called her uh uh, the B word, I guess I, I guess I could say it on the air, but I don't know. Uh, called her a bitch, and Angel uh, was standing in the doorway, and all she did was just kind of walk by and kind of nudge her, like kind of bump her with her shoulder, and just stepped away from it, like I taught her to do, you know. And uh, if she if she can avoid violence, I tell her to try to avoid avoid it, you know. And uh, they kicked my kid out of school for that, and then they were going to file charges on my daughter for that. And it was just that act of Congress, and she ended up not getting any charges, but it took about a year in court and going back and forth, back and forth for that. But yet when he went to court for beating the hell out of my daughter, he got away with it. So, yeah, she had a really hard time, and she was bullied severely, and uh, she was an outstanding student. She did you know, basketball and drama and everything, and uh, she ended up uh, going her last six months to Choices, which is, makes you graduate a lot faster. And uh, and did it that way just because she couldn't stand the bullying and nothing was done to the bullying uh, uh, to the bullies at her school. So it is a real problem and it's a nationwide problem that needs to be addressed. But it's really sad. But you know, all we can do is pray about it well, and try to be the, more well. With the active with, with the our bullying, it's like they're all they're all talking about how the, all this bullying has skyrocketed since President Trump has become president. And I think that's a bunch of BS because, if anything, everyone was bullied a lot more during eight years of Obama, more segregation, more, you know, everyone's a racist, blah, blah, blah. And now you see a president that fights back. So I don't think that bullying has gone up. I think kids fighting back to bullies has gone up. I agree with you. We're learning Okay, and more people are holding their phones and filming these, these little creeps. Right. And I, I think it's, it's just coming out in the open more now that everyone has a phone because you have a movie camera in your hand. And you can film these people when they're losing their minds. What's and crazy is proof. kids that are videotaping the teachers that are bullying the kids, slapping their red yes, mega the ass. teachers and... are horrible, too. They're all taking a knee, and they don't want the Pledge of Allegiance. Look, the whole thing with school shootings and all this craziness happened when they took prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance out of the school system, and it became a devil's free-for-all, okay? I agree. The got out, and God said, okay, I'm gone. And that's exactly what happened. They won't let other kids have a separate prayer group, but this president is changing it all. And if you don't stop with the segregating and the hate, the government, our tax dollars, you won't be getting it anymore. New rules, new sheriff in town. So wake up, bullies. Wake up, bully teachers. All of you wake up. It's done. We're done. America's back. In a big way, and I love it. I wish this was happening when my kids are growing up. And I went through the same thing with my boys saying, oh, ma, you and you, blah, blah, blah. But every day, they see what's happening. And now they come to me and say, ma, what's happening today? Tell me what's going on. Exactly. And I tell them. I had uh, one of my mom's relatives who's, oh, she's in her late 60s at least, you know. And she messaged me, and so she's just not getting red pills because of my Facebook pretty much. 
And she met, texted me a few days ago, and she's like, honestly, can you see the future? Because I'm watching your videos, and I've been watching them for a while, and I'm I'm now convinced that you can actually see the future. <laughs> and I was like, I know it does appear that way. I said, it's because I follow Q, and I said, and we're uh, way ahead of the game on things that we know months before other people know. And I said, so I you know directed her with the same stuff, the plan to save the world, and you know the red pill, all the red pill things that we do. But that yeah, we. But I don't want to get to Q yet. I want to, I don't want to wait. That's my big part. So I don't want to. I got to. I got to switch that topic. I want. I want to wait for that after the break <laughs> because I have some more stuff I want to talk to you about. All right. So I'm not trying to switch off the bullies because that's a great topic. But all right. So I'm looking through all your stuff, and one thing that I'm not seeing is a lot of selfies. A very few pictures of you. Hardly anything. Oh, I don't. I, mean, I, I don't can do. Find your I don't do selfies. And so. Like you said earlier, you go, well, I just never got really big. Well, I don't think a lot of people understand that you're actually drop-dead gorgeous. Okay, you're drop-dead gorgeous. <laughs> and so to see someone that is as gorgeous as you are and not see a thousand selfies and a thousand pictures promoting because they would buy the album just for the picture. I mean, come on now. And much less the talent, right? And so I was really shocked. To not find any pictures of you, and I guess I'm a little bit narcissistic. I have pictures everywhere of us, but none of you at all. And I was kind of blown away by that because uh, I'm like, well, first of all, your talent, obviously, you don't have to use sex to sell, but it's just so uncommon to see nowadays somebody that doesn't. And I just wanted to kind of get your take on that because I thought that was very interesting, and it kind of showed a whole lot about your personality, also. Which, like I said, you're an inspiration and a shining light to thousands of people. We love you, Carly. You're the first person to even say something about that. I never even thought about it. Wow. Um, yeah, I, you know, when I first got the phone and stuff, I did a couple selfies, but it was only if I was, like, at a sh- doing a show and I was promoting or something. But I mostly, you know, for modeling, any time I did photos, it was done professionally. So... It, I am vain in the fact that I'd rather have a professional photo with, you know, the costume and the makeup and the hair just right. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen people just do off-the-cuff pictures of me, and I'm like, can you get rid of that? I don't like the way I look in it. Or I, I don't, I'm not posed right. If I'm not posed right, it's, you know. <laughs> so I am vain in the fact that I guess if I don't look good, I'm not going to do selfies. I don't like the way... The angle is when I hold the phone out, it makes, you know, it's my shape. I mean, listen, uh, October, Matrix kept saying, Carly, you got to start doing some Periscopes or YouTube or something. People want to hear from you. I said, I'm not going to get in, in front. Of, I, I like being in the background and just being a voice. So, you know, I've been trying to be a singer my whole life and an actress. Now, all of a sudden, people like my stupid laugh, and that's making me popular. I'm kind of uncomfortable with it. He said, you have a great sense of humor. Get out there. So October 1st, I did my first Periscope. And it's been amazing ever since. And I do my crazy hats and I do costumes and I can put my makeup on and be comfortable in my own skin and do it. But it's oh, I wanted selfies. to watch it last night, but I had a really big show and I couldn't do that. I, I want to do more. Uh, I have all the stuff. That, I have everything but my green screen. So I have all the microphones and the headphones and uh, the big fancy computer. So I'm all set up to do live uh, videos. And I probably could go on there and do, uh, you know, like maybe Red Pill or, 
you know, to reporting or something, you know, where you get up there and do the live ones. But to be honest with you guys, I have a little bit of anxiety about doing that. And, uh, and I've been doing radio for years. So I, and I have a huge personality like you do, but I just, uh, I had a couple of co-hosts that died and it kind of made me really start having a lot of anxiety about my radio show. But I'll tell you a little bit about me. I was with the resistance radio. I'm sure you're part of it. It was huge. And so during the Obama administration, we were the resistance and, uh, and uh, you heard of the Patriot little boy Finnegan from Oregon that was murdered by the government rancher uh, that from the Mueller refuge, where he got out and was shot dead in the snow by the snipers. Well, anyway, he's a great American patriot, and he he did my show with me quite a bit. And he was murdered by the government, and then also my co-host Ron, who was my best friend ever, died of cancer. And so after that, I kind of went through some hard times. I lost uh, my dad and my two best friends at five months to the day. So it was just a really difficult time, and I did hospice for two of those times. And then afterwards, I had a, had to have vocal cord surgery for polyps on my vocals. So I've been having a lot of trouble with my voice, and I've been paranoid about my voice because uh, I, I would, every time I go to a drive-thru, they say, can I help you, sir? And then when people call me like bill collectors or, or whatever, you know, they're like, sir, and I'm like, I'm not a sir. And so I was really paranoid about my voice, but when I started doing radio, I had a lot of people go, I love your voice, you know, so it kind of built me up a little bit and kind of got me past that insecurity. But then uh, I wanted to do uh, at Resistance Radio. They got to where they were only doing headline news, and they weren't really – I love the show, and I'm st- I was just on the show a couple of days ago, and it's, I'm still part of that show, and I always will be. But I don't want to do just headline news, and I, I like to vet my stories, and I like to put out stories that other people haven't covered. Uh, intensely, and I'm, and I'm really good at that. And I, and I wanted to do key drops and work with the QAnon crowd. That was the demographic that my heart wanted me to go to. And so I started Wolfpack Radio over a year ago, and I've only done a few broadcasts. So I was really nervous to have you on, but I was like terrified. You know, <laughs> but uh, but I knew I had to just get over this anxiety and start doing my show because I can't just have a show and never do it. But I'm really picky about who I get on my show. But I was just like, oh, my God, Carly. And I was just like so nervous. I've been, I haven't already slept for two days. Then last night I was – I didn't get all my research done on your tea drops. And uh, last night I was even dreaming, and I dreamed that you had 720 tea drops. <laughs> that was cute. You know? <laughs> and I was like, okay, I need to get this interview with Carly over so I could get on with my life. You know? <laughs> 720, you said? Yes, yes. You never know. Let's see if it's a little prof- – Seven, seven twenty. Let's see what seven twenty Q drop is right now. Okay. Do people believe oh all God, recent resignations? Listen, listen, listen. This is. Do people believe in coincidences? Now, this is your dream, right? Right. Seven hundred and twenty. Do people believe all recent resignations, plane crashes, plane route, EMS, EBS activations, blackouts, etc., are simply a coincidence? Why did Sessions, at the beginning, emphasize investigations proceedings are kept confidential? Think magic. What you see, dot, 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 dot. Do you really believe nothing is being done? We read as crumbs. Who has the power? Why was this emphasized in the beginning? You have more than you know. Q. Oh, what a great drop. That's a good one, isn't it? That's a that really kind of good one. And you dropped that. 
And you dreamt that because look what's happening right now. I just looked, um, Matrix just tweeted out a list of all the people that are sick from different uh, companies and also a list. Oh, the executive is sit down. Yes, resignations and let's see, Corona. Virus companies whose employees have tested positive, employees unnamed. But you have Lockheed Martin, Nassau, Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Boeing, NATO, UN, Microsoft, American Airlines. I mean, it goes, he's got, it's in alphabetical order, too. Sherwin Gardens, Bay Harbor. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And now a list of celebrities and officials. You have Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Goldberg, Sophie Trudeau. Remember, follow the wives. Seems like a lot of the right. wives are sick with this thing. Right. Okay, you have Adam And I am Schiff. dying to get in I am dying to get into this with you. And that was one of the things that I wanted to cover. I didn't know if you wanted to with everything just being corona, 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 but I was I just, dying to I talk just to you saw about this that. Now and I was like when you just mentioned seven hundred and twenty, I said, Listen, never let a good number in a dream or in, in a, a post go to waste because you never know. Exactly. You never know. I want before we go into all that, I am just dying for everybody to hear this one song that you sing. I, I've went through all your songs, and uh, and I didn't buy your albums last night because I'm broke from Corona. Because <laughs> I shocked that uh, I'm going to get them Friday. But here is uh, I'm going to play this song, Barely Breathing, because I love this song. And I, I, one more thing I wanted to ask you too. All right, so I know you've heard this before. I know you've had to hear this before. But have people. Your whole life told you that you're like Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks, Janis Joplin. But uh, see, I sang cover songs, you know, to make money because my my original music just never really took off. And I can imitate anybody. I can do Cher, Tina Turner, Britney Spears. You know, don't you know so many things they come and go. Yeah, I can do anybody. So when someone says they sound like somebody, they said probably. Happy it's not just sounding like Stevie Nicks, but it's something about your aura. Yeah, it's something about your look and your aura and your vibe. It's just real Stevie Nicksy to me, you know. And I'm like, oh my God, she's like Stevie Nicks, you know. But I'm gonna go right. ahead and I'm gonna say this barely breathing. And while I'm getting a chance to do that, if you get a chance, can you see if you can adjust the microphone a little bit for your volume to get it a little bit higher? Because we're kind of going down just a little bit. But I'm gonna go ahead if you don't mind and play the song because I love it and I want everybody to hear it because I want them to just see the talent that you are because it's amazing. So without uh, oh, the day here is barely breathing by Miss Carly Bennett.
love that song. That's so freaking awesome. I can't believe I'm playing your song and you're on my show and I am your stalker. I am so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is that, so that, cool. That song was tough. That that was uh I you know, I had done a couple Christian contemporary CDs and I said, you know, and the the church did me real dirty. And I said, you know, like my, my husband, my ex-husband uh was drinking heavily and I was just, it was, it was really, really bad time. And uh, I hooked up with this uh, rock producer, like all that song. There's a few songs I have that I never had published and I never made a full CD of or put on uh, Apple tunes or anything like that. So there's, there's some dark songs that I did. I, I just, just things got really bad. But that's barely breathing. I think, uh, because you should. I, it would be your number one song. It's awesome. Because I listened to all your music and I loved them. And then a couple of them that I really, really liked were ones that you didn't have for sale, like Jealousy. And that was just so raw. It took me right back to my 90s era. And I just felt like well, I went back in time. Well, that's where it's from. It's from the 90s. So, you know, that's the old. The only copies I had of that left were uh, the video and I made cassettes at the time. I had a little five song cassette. I don't even have I don't even know where that is anymore. <laughs> well, it's awesome. Yeah, you're just amazing, Carly. Now, something else that you I mean, it just seems like there's nothing you haven't done. But while I'm investigating you for this story, I came across a very interesting story from none other than the Gateway Pendant, which is pretty huge. That's huge. And uh, it says Big tech strikes again. Twitter suspends account with viral tweet about Rachel Maddow crying on air. Twitter has suddenly suspended an account that has posted a video of themselves laughing at Rachel Maddow crying on air over the conclusion of Robert Mueller's investigation. The user, Carly Bonet, had nearly 15,000 followers, which now you have over 40,000, so I think they did you a favor, but 15,000 followers when her account was removed. And uh, it said that you had quickly amassed over 84,000 uh, views of this hilarious uh, video. And uh, I actually have uh, the video, and I will play it so everybody can laugh and understand. But you did this video, and then we'll come back and talk about what they did to you, okay? I'm going to play it real quick. And th- you all have to remember, this is a picture, so you're not going to be able to see the whole thing because it was a video. But what it is, it's a picture of Rachel Maddow, and she's just, like, crying, and it's great. So you won't be able to see it all because it was a video, but just use your imagination. To do that Bill Barr stopped Mueller from doing. And, if, and that's not <laughs> everybody would crying. like to hear that from Robert Mueller as well as from Bill Barr. But uh, at this point, it's only Bill Barr who is speaking on Mueller's behalf. Robert Mueller is still, at this point, publicly silent. Uh, as he has been from the very beginning, although we'll have more on that in a moment. Uh, here's more from the letter, though. Quote, <laughs> oh, my God. Let me tell you what great. happened with that video. They took down that account. I came back with another one, and it was retweeted. Um, I put it up again, and James Woods tweeted it out and started following me. And I inboxed him. I said, thank you so much, sir. He says, are you kidding? That tweet is epic. And that was my last account where I, I was up to 50K. 
and I put out the tweet where it was the PSA that I was on Waters World, and at the end of his PSA talking about you know training the dogs and stuff, he said, oh, and Epstein didn't kill himself. And in two days, that was up to 18 million views, and Twitter just took me down. Wow. So this is yeah, another account that. that I if have now. This is this account I've had since November, but they keep taking me down for viral tweets. It's crazy. Some of the people were really pissed off about that happening, and I was actually printed out six pages of comments on that article about this. And uh, so Cardi was suspended from Twitter because it says right in her profile that she supports Trump. And if every Twitter had a reason to suspend someone, that's it. Funny now, millions more will see it. And now, and and how vindictive Twitter is at the same time. And it looked like uh, that's exactly what happened because apparently you came back with a vengeance. And is this when you got really famous on Twitter? Is that after all this happened? I'm sorry. Is this when you got really famous on Twitter after this happened because of this? Yeah, after this happened. Because then I had a, a new account that was just Carly Bonet. And uh, that, you know, and everyone just started. I had my old followers and then I got all kinds of new ones because that it went viral. It, that, that tweet, it, when I came back, because they took me down, other people had copied it. And then I, the original, and it had over uh, 1.4 million views. Wow. So what they meant for bad ended up being very good. Right. But so that, that account that, that had, that had, yeah, well, that, that, I ended up with 52K. I was also, that was the account where I got my first cued where I put up the, a video montage of uh, Barry Soretto talking about being Muslim and his grandmother in uh, Kenya and all that, and that got cued. Actually, the, uh, I think the actual tweet, and I have it right here, is uh, tweet, uh, not tweet, but cue draw team from July 27, 2019, it says uh, has a link to you at the account that was uh, taken down, which was the KBG uh, Q one, and it says one or both of his parents fluent in Russia. Russian is Russian a common language to learn? The farm developed necessary unique skill sets in order to produce results. Stay awake. And in that, Carly had put, posted a video which is jaw dropping. Oh, and it says farms develop necessary unique skill sets. So, you know, his parents were actually met in a Russian class, and a lot of people don't understand that. But uh, Obama is sitting there in a forum saying, I was not born in America. I was born in Kenya. And he specifically says that, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He's done it a few times. He went in Kenya in, the, in one, of, one of the pieces of that video and said, I'm glad to be here the first president of the United States from Kenya. He actually says it. I watched that video on your link again today. Still, uh, I know probably shouldn't say retarded because that's not a politically correct word, but 
since I've got my little retarded niece right here in the other room, I'm going to just go ahead and use my privilege to say it. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's just how he even got elected, I don't even know. It's just insane, you know? Well, there was a, a reporter. Insane. He's been taken off of CNN, and I had put out a video clip of him when they were doing the uh, the caucus, the Democratic caucus. And everyone's talking, look how Biden came back and this and that. And he says, well, you know, not for nothing. It's not the people that pick the delegate. It's it's the DNC. So basically the cabal picks who they're going to use. Now, the fact that Biden came back from the dead, they want him as a puppet to China. His son's dirty as hell. Let's keep him in the news and have him running so they won't be able to investigate his son. They keep putting up roadblocks to investigate his son and his brother. Now they're finding all the dirty deals he did in Iraq. And they're going to put someone with him to run as VP. Now, usually VPs, it's not, no one cares who the VP is going to be. But in his case, they do, because they will eventually be president, because this guy will get 25th Amendment against him, dementia. It's it, He's not going to win, but I'm just saying this is the scenario that they're looking at. You know, you have to think like them. They they think I kinda five think steps ahead. You so. have to think twenty steps ahead. Right. I don't, and I'm I'm sure you haven't had a chance to probably watch my China video. I worked about six or eight months on this video, and it's extremely good. Uh, Scott watched it from the Bards of War, and if you listen, you can listen to Bards of War, right? And he's extremely tactical and very strategic. And so uh, when he listened to my China video, he really loved it. And so he that's how I managed to get him as a guest on my show tomorrow, and we're going to follow up from that China video. Because the China video that I did is outstanding, and it really explains everything that these people are doing, and they're so vile and evil. But I kind of look at things a little bit different, and what I'm kind of looking at is maybe it's not so much the vice president that people are looking at it, but I'm wondering if they weren't planning on uh, maybe uh, getting rid of Trump and Pence, having Nancy Pelosi, because remember they were calling her Madam President on Twitter like five or six months ago, and have her come in as uh, president, and then they would be able to not even have the election. And I well, thought that was just, a real They're having the debate scenario. tonight, but they're not even having the primaries going because they can't have people come in to vote with all this going on. You know, if they, if they keep this up with the, this virus thing, there might not be an election. <laughs> Think about it. Well, we don't mind having Trump for another 20 or 30 years. I mean, that's fine with us. No, not at all. <laughs> Now, about a month after that happened, about a month and 11 days, as he got queued, uh, in, on January 30th, uh, 2020, I was actually on your show with the Matrix. Because you were on the show the day that got queued, right? Or like the day after yeah. when they covered it? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, Cardi got queued. You know, <laughs> I was like, wow, you know. But uh, it uh, was uh, queued drop 3806. And it had, again, a link to your Carlisca P account, which is on Twitter. And if you all want to look at the Dropbox, you will see Cardi's links to her two albums. Uh, one is uh, – and also for her Twitter account and also for her Periscope account. And uh, anyway, it says impeachment end, and then in the kill box it says attempts to send the article – or an S – to send it to delay, end of kill box, state of the union, 
boomerang, and the rocket's red glare and the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Hugh. And in that, you had actually uh, posted a video uh, that was Lindsey Graham, where it says, uh, and you said, this is quite a bomb for the Iowa caucus here. Sorry. Robert Mueller, as well as Bill Barr. But uh, at this point, it's only Bill Barr who is speaking on Mueller's behalf. Robert Mueller is still, at this point, publicly silent, uh, as he has been from the very beginning. Although, we'll have more on that in a moment. I played that to get my accident, didn't I? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. No, it was, uh, it was Lindsay. And it's very funny now that Lindsay has uh, pretty much stepped back from the investigations and uh, the other gentleman's doing it. But he dropped and the little, not... you know, Biden bomb right before the, uh, right. the debate, which is. But the rocket's red glare bombs bursting in there, it's just, you know, did you notice today that um, the general's uh, son, or is it his brother? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to look back now. Posted the flag waving. Eric Trump posted a flag waving. We have the Q post that's just the flag waving. No sound, nothing. You have General Flynn. He has the flag on his banner. With the dark background, and here today, at exactly what was it, three fifteen, that the, the the tweet went out by the president to to pardon Flynn. Oh, well, that made me so happy. You gonna tell me these guys are all, all aren't all on Q team? Let me see. Exactly. What, what's the time of that? I'm gonna look it up right now. I Thank haven't really had a chance to look Flynn. at all that today because I've been so busy working on this interview because I wanted it to be really awesome. Let's see. Yeah, three fifteen twenty. That's the date, and this was posted at one twenty nine p.m. And then, what time did he come on today? Five fifteen. He came on. If I have to find out the exact time that he started broadcasting, because it was funny the other day. I was on Matrix's show, and he was supposed to come on at three o'clock. And I was saying, you know, everyone keeps seeing all these articles with the number 33 which is the mason and all these different outlets are putting out the, the mason number because that's how they all talk to each other and they said wouldn't it be great if the president came out on at 330 and break their little spell and you know it's almost like giving the deep state the middle finger and he did he came on at 330 my <laughs> inbox was blowing up Carly you called it you called it oh my god you know, it's just things like that where a lot of a lot of these anons on Twitter, they're so great with numbers. And oh, I've got one to tell you. I've researching you. and stuff like that. I'm 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 more of a like a, a feeling kind of person. Like I'll mm-hmm. look at a president's tweet and feel what what's really going on, and then do some research right. on it. On but the state of the union, time uh, stamps and they're, and they're more technical. So everybody's different, but we all have our gifts. We're all digital soldiers, and we're all in this fight together. And that's what's so beautiful about it. I'll post something that I felt. It means something, but I don't know just what. And then I'll have 50 other people saying, oh, there's this, there's this, this," and it's just amazing. We're we're not in that hive mind anymore of the the mockingbird media, you know? 
we were uh, fixing to watch the State of the Union, and I was talking to my husband. I was like, well, you know, as analogs, we kind of have our own calms, you know. I was like, like for instance, one of them is 5-5. Five, five. It's kind of like everything's all right, everything's good, we got this loud and clear, you know. And I said, that's one of the comps that we use. And just right at that time, it came on and said that the State of the Union had been changed from 8 o'clock to 7.55. And I was like, boom, I told you, five, five. (laughs) And I thought that was really cool, you know, because it was kind of like a little heads up, like loud and clear, everything's good, you know. Like I'm looking at this really printout of this tweet that like, appears from that Lindsey Graham, and the first one that shows up is the comments, which on this particular one that I printed out had 11.3 thousand likes and 6.7 thousand retweets, which is crazy. And uh, one of the first ones that I see, or the last ones to see on your comments, was Jordan Sather. Wow. <laughs> He was one of the first people I followed on Twitter years ago. I know, and, uh, right? We've That's... been friends the whole time. He's a sweetheart. He's a cutie pie. I love him. Love yep. me some Jordan. Not as much as I love J.T. Wild, though. That's my man. I love J.T. Wild. I, uh, I'm his biggest fan. <laughs> Did you notice that the intro to my song, uh, intro to my show, is actually J.T. Walls? Yes. That's really cool, right? Love J.T. Yeah, he is the best. I love him, and just I was uh, lucky. I had actually had him on the show right before his uh, the night before his release for Digital Soldiers which was really exciting to me because I had already been using him for my intro because I love him so much. And then to have him on with Shady Groove uh, the night before his album came out was super cool. I just, I really thought that was the neatest thing ever. But uh, so speaking of Shady Groove and JT Wild, that's part of your wolf pack. It's your little posse that you hang around with, which you just hang out with the coolest people ever. And uh, how did you ever, I mean, I love Matrix. I love In the Matrix. I love Shady Groove. Uh, they've been attacked by so many people and so many hateful things have been said about them. But no matter what they get hit with, they always keep their head high. They're always positive. They pray for their enemies. They don't run their enemies down. And uh, they have been a, just a great example to all of us on how to handle adversity like they have. And they just stick to the topic, and they're fun, entertaining, and just great Christians and great patriots that bring the news to us. So they do get a lot of haters. It's so unfair. It makes me very angry, but I've grown and learned so much from their show, and these are just the nicest people in the world. And then here comes this girl, Carly, jumping in my show, and I'm like, who is this Carly, you know? And I'm like, wow, and you make such a great uh, just dimension to the show. How on earth did you get so lucky to get on the Matrix group show like you do? And with J.T. Wild all the time. That's crazy. Well, it's funny how it all happened. You know, I followed everybody. I mostly followed Jordan, and, and you know, I, I was on the learning curve with Q, and I was in a few retweet rooms, and this is before, you know, I had some popular things that I posted. I started getting a little more popular, and this was before the, the first viral tweet, the mad cow. But someone I was in a retweet room with was putting up these pictures and it had Matrix wearing women's shoes because that was for a fundraiser 
for uh, for women. Uh, was it for heart surgery or, or breast or something? And they were saying, look, he's wearing red shoes like the Pope, blah, blah, blah. So he, he must be a child trafficker. It was, like, was Walker Mall in her shoes. It's Walker Mall in her yeah. shoes. So I saw this, and I know this person just from the retweet room, and I'm like, you can't post stuff like that. That's defamation of character. You have no proof of that. And they freaked out on me and said, Carly, how dare you? Then they had a bunch of their friends attack me on Twitter. I was like, you're all out of your fucking mind. You can't post stuff like that without proof. You, you know, if, I, if that was me, I'd have a lawyer suing all your asses right now. I and don't I wasn't like really friends I'm with that you're not saying at the name. time. Because I don't want to give them any attention no, I won't give or them any air, publicity but, because but, I don't like them. They're evil trolls, no, and it, I saw the, them all. That's off. the mean girls. I call, I call them the they mean are. girls. So they all blocked me, and then they started um, attacking me. They went to my Facebook where I have a lot of rock and roll pictures, and they claimed I was a vampire because I played a vampire character in a band I was in called Masquerade, and we made a video from uh, this band. We covered their song, Bloodletting. So it was all play acting, you know? You know, I wore a red eh, cape. It's rock and, and roll. Had That's how it is. It's rock and roll, all right? You know? <laughs> so, you know, so then they started attacking me. Then they started saying, you know, then um, Matrix and I, you know, DM'd each other and stuff. And I said, I think it's horrible what they're doing. And then he started looking at stuff I was researching. I was looking at stuff he's researching, and we became friends. Next thing you know, they're posting that, oh, look, Matrix has got a, Carly's Matrix's new wife and started saying all kinds of derogatory things. And you know what? After they did that, we ended up becoming, like, best friends. They basically made me his wife. They, they threw us together with their nastiness, which was, which was they hysterical. They are nasty. And, and and I followed these ladies, okay, because I'm one of those. All right, you know, sometimes I want everybody to like me on Twitter because I'm, I'm new on Twitter. I've had an account on Twitter for ten years, but I never used it. I just got on there for POTUS, and I got on there yeah. to follow in the Matrix because I followed uh, Matrix and Shane Group on uh, in Bards of War on YouTube, and so I got on there mainly just because of the POTUS and Matrix. I mean, I like I said, I'm a huge Matrix fan. So I just love him, and. Uh, uh, I, but I've, I've followed all these girls, and they were the John F. Kennedy Jr. as alive girls. And the reason I followed them is because I don't like to admit this because I don't like people to not like me. But I actually am one of those JFK people that think he may be possibly alive because I did a show over it, and based on the evidence that I found, I couldn't never prove that he was dead. Okay, So this is just based on research. And plus, I, I kind of want him to be alive. And so I really got into that. I was like, yeah, I wanted to be alive so bad. But then they started making some crazy claims, and then it was the very same people that were the JFK Jr. followers that were attacking. And the things that they were saying, y'all, I know some of you listeners out here probably don't know what we're talking about, but the things that they were saying about Carly and about Matrix and about Shady Group were very horrible things. I mean, almost just practically sent the pedophiles, and it was really disgusting things, which was not true. And, uh, and they doxed, and they doxed their children. And then it just kind of made anybody who, in the QAnon world, if you were one of the people that thought JFK Jr. was alive, they just kind of automatically associated you with that group of mean girls, or I call them controlled opposition. And that's what they are on my list, just controlled off. 
But uh, so, so now nobody wants to admit it. They do think JFK Jr. is right. They don't want to admit it to anybody because of those mean girls, you know, because <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of one of those taboo things now, I guess you would say. But, uh, but I am one of those people that think there's a possibility he may still be alive because uh, I just can't find the evidence to prove that he's dead, you know. But I uh, definitely was not in the JFK Jr. group that was attacking everybody, you know. And But these people, I refuse to say their name. I refuse to give them any attention because they're such horrible, horrible people. And, I mean, really, the Matrix was in there uh, doing fundraisers to help women, women walk, you know, walking in their shoes and supporting women. And yet it's women who wanted to turn around and attack him. And so it was, it was very unfair. I didn't realize that you were getting uh, abused by them also, but I know that uh, War Drummer was, and he seemed to – Actually, get quite bitter uh, after that, and it kind of changed him a bit. But it didn't seem to affect Matrix and Shady or you. Uh, y'all seem to have uh, risen to the occasion and overcome it and become stronger because of it. And now we all know these people are shills. And but it was it was really uh, cyberbullying at its best. I no, it, it was a hard time there. But you know what? I I took a page out of James Woods' playbook. Uh, when you know he started following me and, and like I, I you know he liked the way I tweeted he he's retweeted me a lot he'll take my videos and put them right out and he he makes his own headlines that are a hundred thousand times funnier than mine but I'm just honored that he uses my videos but you know when he says you know can I'll, you adjust your mic you know, just a little bit you're kind of fading out again okay all right he you know he'll say uh. Instablock, he just Instablocks, and everyone says, where do you install? He goes, you know, because I don't need it. And when I Instablock somebody, they cease to exist. So what they say and what they do, it's not part of my life anymore. And that's basically what I did. I just Instablock them. I don't get in an argument. Except today was the first day I got in a little Twitter beef today because I put out the video from the church that the president said he was watching today. And he said, we walk by faith, not fear. And I just thought it was a beautiful message. And because it, you know, it was an empty church, but it's one of those big mega churches. But the president said, please watch this today. This is what I'm watching. So for someone to come on my thread and say, this is one of those mega churches. This is the devil. Brother, I said, you know what? It's about the message and a day of prayer. It's not a day of judgment. Or you putting your ideology on everybody else. And I had this whole, you know, little argument with this show. So finally I just said, you know what? Go with God, instant block. And that's it. And I, I never should have gotten in with it. I, I'm mad at myself, but I made a few good points. And I tried because, you know, it's, an, it's supposedly another Christian. But they're not getting the message for the day, which is about praying for each other, praying for the world, praying for the country, praying for the president. And it doesn't matter I, where the message is coming from. I do want to let and everyone pre- know, in case they don't know, today is the National Day of Prayer declared by our beloved, duly elected president, Donald J. Trump. And I, my my husband, like, I, I think I already mentioned this, that he normally doesn't go to church with me or anything. But I went in there, and I was like, honey, you know, today's a national day of prayer. And if you don't mind, I would like to, you know, go in the living room in, in a little while and have a family prayer. And he's like, okay. And I was like, huh? You know, <laughs> da, 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 you know, like that. And so then I went to my daughter, Alex, and she didn't roll her eyes or anything. She's like, okay. Well, then my roommate and his uh, daughter got here. 
and uh, and my dog Ivanka, she jumped up, and we all met in the living room and just did a unity prayer for our president, for our nation, and, and for everyone and everyone's health and safety, and it was just really nice, and I thought, wow, this is so powerful. It's kind of like what Bards of War does, too, with that uh, uh, bended knee on Wednesdays at one eleven, where you take three minutes of prayer. But when a nation you know, comes together, unifies, and prays like that, it's a very strong juju. You know? and, and like I told my husband, I said, they try to place a, a form of sorcery on us. And I said, but stuff like this, unity prayers, this breaks that sorcery. And it helps give uh, – it takes power over their darkness. I said, so it's so much more than just a prayer. And then even before that, when I was outside on my treadmill, I was listening to Bard's Award because I am – okay, Carly, I'm his biggest stalker, okay? I literally have to listen to two or three episodes of Bard's Award every single day to keep me grounded. But if you listen to this guy's show, which I'm, I'm interviewing him for, I'm so nervous. But uh, if you listen to his show, he talks so much about praying and about God and – and the importance of prayer and the importance of God. And, and at the time, I really wasn't praying much whenever I started listening to Bards of War because I was I was kind of pissed because my dad and my two best friends had died in five months. I did that hospice back-to-back with two hospices, which is grueling with someone you love to watch them die like that. It's just horrible. And so I was kind of gotten where I wasn't praying as much. And then listening to the show, it got to me where I was praying again and when I was, uh, you know, I'm journaling now and praying more and reading the Bible more, and so it, you know, once you get in a slump like that, you just got to get right back into it and take back control of your life, and and when you start turning over to the God, you actually take control of your life back, you know, but uh, it's real powerful, and I was out there really stressed out, because I was like, I've got to get in there and finish all this stuff for Carly, I want, inter- I want Carly's interview to be great, and I'm like, okay, I don't care how important it is, I'm going to go outside, and I'm just going to, I'm going to do my treadmill, because I've got to do this. And I went out there, I was listening to Bards of War, and I was going to listen to about three episodes why I transmitted that the first one, he was talking about the importance of prayer. And I was like, you know what? He's right. Nothing is more important than prayer. So I just turned off Bards of War, which is unheard of, and I just – the rest of my time on my pre- treadmill, I just prayed. And it just felt so nice, and I was – it just felt like I was really doing something to help with all this darkness that's going on in our country right now. And uh, it just—it was really nice. So uh, I like the fact that you're a Christian too, and and your everything about you reflects that as well. So, but yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's really important. And sorry to cut you off like I did. No, it's okay. No, no, it's you know we all you know you get sidetracked and everything. But the fact that you know the president called to say now you have to understand what's going on with this pandemic. Okay. Let's tell them the truth, that, Carly. Uh, that Let's just big. tell them the truth because it's not what they think it is, is it? Well, what I was, my point was like the Vatican. There's nobody there praying. Churches are empty. Cuba is where they march around. You know, it, that's been empty. You know, places of worship are empty. The president specifically asked, and. Ask for a day of prayer. All right? Now, Christianity isn't stuck in a building. Okay? It's, it's, it's alive and it's in you. And if we all came together and we prayed, we could change things. There's power in it. And for someone to just get judgmental and they don't like the, the, for the day, Someone says, oh, the background looks like a bunch of beehives. And every, everyone with their stupid comments, 
and just take it for what it is. The president said, this guy's good. Listen to him. Day of prayer. That's it. And they're saying, oh, it's a mega church. He's just out for the money. If he had listened to the broadcast, the preacher Jensen, he said, anyone, if you have money, please donate to your local church. Local. He didn't ask for a dime. He just wanted to pray with everyone. And he was honored that the president was listening to him. And it was a very beautiful service. And very wonderful words were spoken. He read the whole declaration the president made for day, National Day of Prayer. It was wonderful. But, you know, you've got to have people. And they, they think that they're being Christian by being judgmental. And this no, this is wrong. But that's not being Christian. Like that, that's just being dogma. Because we, we laugh at people. I mean, look at laughing at Rachel Maddox, okay? So, I mean, we're not perfect. We laugh at people. We cuss. Um, I'm, we, we, you know, exactly. give hell to the bullies. But we're still Christians because we have, we believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and we have a personal relationship with our Lord. You know, he knows us. He who is without sin cast the first damn stone. If I want to wear a Led Zeppelin T-shirt and sing about vampires, that doesn't mean that I'm not baptized in the Holy Spirit, can speak in tongues, and love my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let him judge me, not you. You are not my judge. You are not my jury. My God, my Lord judges me and how I live my life. And if I make people laugh and that's my job on this earth, then damn it, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to have other people judging me. I was judged since I'm a little kid, and I'm done. I've been done with it, and that's not how I live my life. End. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just got Tell him, Carlisa. I'll tell you one of the uh, – I want to – well, talking about our nation and praying and our and God and everything, well, it's making me, I downloaded one of your songs, and I, I'm going to go ahead and play that. If you don't mind me, just keep pumping your music. It's because I love it, and I'm playing your music, and you're on my show. So I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so excited. I love you, Carly. Did I tell you that? Yes, I did. Oh, did honey. Not. You're like, she's a stalker. She's a stalker. But like I said, I don't even stalk you near like I did JT Wild. Okay, I totally stalk him. I mean, I'm literally fixing to buy his shower curtain for my man cave. Okay, <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at his coffee cup. I wear his hoodie. You know, I've got his stickers all over the place. Uh, if you get a chance to listen to JT Wild, that's W I L D E. I'm always trying to pump his music because he is my friend and I love him to death. And also for Carly, one more time. Uh, if you look in the description box, it's store.cdbaby.com slash artist slash Carly Benet. That's K-A-R-L-I-B-O-N-N-E. And you can also find her uh, stuff on music.apple.com slash N, that's I-N, slash artist slash Carly Benet, which is K-A-R-L-I-B-O-N-N-E. If you get a chance, she has two wonderful albums with all kinds of different genre. It's like Charlie, Charlie just bounces around. One minute she's Stevie Nicks, and the next minute she's uh, just, I mean, her songs are all so different, and they've kind of, some have like this gypsy kind of vibe. I love your music, but this one I thought was real different than your other rock songs, and that's why I wanted to bring it out because it was just so totally different than some of your other stuff. And uh, you just have such a range, which is three octaves, right? And uh, I just wanted to play this one and show them just what a versatile singer you are, if you don't mind. So, Not at all. Which like one this. is it? Uh, 
You'll see. It's a surprise, Dad. Oh, Dad. Dad. Here it is. <laughs> Let the stars and stripes wake They wear for liberty Our nation under God Our freedoms and integrity Try to take our lives We still will fight for freedom The name of God will not be erased Our nation under God We are victorious had to bring that in with us talking about our nation and about God and all that stuff. But it, the song is called Our Nation Under God. And I didn't see that under Angel Without Wings, your album Angel Without Wings or no, Dream that to was, the that Extreme. That was a signal. It was a single and I never uh, I never had it published with BMI. I, I had made a bunch of CDs. It was right after 9-11 actually. 
and I had sent a bunch to Afghanistan, and I had sent a couple to uh, Bush at the time, and I got some thank you cards, but nothing happened with it. And I think there's a reason for it, because I think it was meant for this president. Because yeah, and I noticed that there's a website. Is, is, is what he, he's all about. Yes. And I'm, there's I a website trying to get it to him. I, I, dot slash slash our nation under God dot, uh, US that was listed on your website, so I thought maybe that was where you could get the single app, but I didn't know. I don't even have that website anymore. I don't have any websites anymore. I'm surprised you okay, can get on there. That's it's just floating there. out there, that website, that old website. Arlybenade.biz that... That one's not good anymore either. I'm not, I don't have so, any websites anymore. Okay. Well, then scratch those. I didn't put them on the description, but I just if, I didn't know if that was a single. I wanted to make sure that people heard about that. But like you said, it fits very well with what's happening now with our president, and I would strongly suggest that you get your little butt back into that studio and redo that song and get it out as soon as possible, and I will be the first to buy it because it's a very inspiring song, and I loved it. Beautiful voice, Carly. That is an amazing Thank song. You. I keep I keep tweeting it to the president and uh I had Real T T he made a beautiful uh video for it. And uh also I I mailed a copy to the White House. I had like one copy left. I mailed it to the president and uh I got a beautiful thank you card. But you know, I, I he's pretty much set with his music at his rallies, but you know, if he threw it in the middle there, I I, I wouldn't feel bad at all. <laughs> so I'm hoping one day. Um, General Flynn has a copy. He also has a copy of my uh, Dream to Extremes. And I remember uh, sent me a beautiful letter. It was, it was Barbara Flynn. And also uh, General Flynn uh, inboxed me or direct messaged me. And he said, we were listening wow. to the CD on the, pla- on the plane. And... Thank you for sharing your soul with us. And I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, he, he sent me an autographed copy of his book, and he put Our Nation Under God with a smiley face. Oh, my God. You and, just made me so jealous. All the stuff you've done, even Ace Freely, didn't make me jealous. But now you then made me jealous that you got an autographed copy of General <laughs> Flynn's book. I have his book because I'm a huge General Flynn fan, but – I didn't get an autograph. That's awesome, Carly. Well, so I lucky. bought the book, and then, you know, I sent him the CD because I made friends with the family because they all think I'm hysterical. They like my tweets. They make everybody laugh. And <laughs> so I, I sent Barbara the CD and stuff, and I sent one for the general, and then she ended up sending me an autograph book, so now I have two copies. Holy cow, that's amazing. Well, you're a Boy, you're lucky That's what, there. And this is perfect. What what he wrote in is a Carly, our nation under God. He is our savior and redeemer. God bless and keep you. Smiley face. Lieutenant uh, Mike Flynn and another smiley face. He loves doing the smiley faces. <laughs> because we're so such ner- because analyzers are kind of we're kind of nerds. You know, we are computer nerds and, and researchers. And that was probably as big a deal as to you as getting to perform with Ace Greeley. In the Anon world, that's huge, you know. So a lot of people might not get that, but I do. <laughs> that's big. That's awesome. So you were saying that you made that, and this goes right in with what I wanted to talk to you about. So you were saying that um, that you made that right after 911, and I was real curious because our beloved president was there during 911, and, of course, we're Giuliani. 
and you were living there, there unless you were in London during 911. You were you were in New York, right? No, I was in New York. I I, I was I, where where I'm living now. I was here, and I was in the basement doing Tybo. And my husband at the time he called and he said, "Are you watching the TV?" I said, "No," and I put it on, and I started smoking cigarettes that day. For a year, I had quit everything. I was big in the church. I was actually going to Bible college at the time, all Robert's uh, classes at my church. And uh, I, you know, I was a New Yorker through and through. I loved my city. I was in the city. I was in Brooklyn three times a week performing. And all of a sudden, I stepped outside, and it was so quiet because the planes always fly over my house. It was like and quiet and my neighbor across the street she was pregnant with her uh, fourth child and her husband was in one of the buildings and uh, they were both in the buildings the first time they had the bomb the truck underneath and they survived that but now he was in one of the buildings and she's losing her mind she's got the three babies they're all the same age like my two boys so I'm running over there we're trying to find out where he is. Did he get out? And finally, I think around 2 o'clock in the morning, he got home. He left the building because he was in the, with the first bombing. And they said over the loudspeaker, everyone, please stay calm and stay in your seats. And he said, oh, hell no. I've been through this before. And he ran out of the building before it got hit with the, the second plane. So... So I know that a lot of New Yorkers get highly offended when we say that a plane didn't hit the buildings, or maybe they did hit the buildings, but we I don't believe that that's why they fell. I believe they were rigged. I think it was set up, and I know that it has offended a lot of people when we say that. Uh, but do you there think that no there was no way those buildings fell like that from an airplane? Even the president exactly. said it, that the steel that was used, the way they were constructed, there is no way they could just crumble like that. That is detonated demolition. If you've yes, ever seen I a demo of a I building, I watch those things crumble, and I don't know that much. But being in New York, I said, that's not normal for them to fall like that. What is that? How do they stay straight and just crumble like that? Or not tip over, or the top just fall down because it got hit with the plane? That made no sense. Anybody, and let me tell you, a lot of people were having visions around here after that happened. I the next day they called me from the church. They said we're still having classes. I think you know with what's going on, maybe you should come into Bible study tonight and come come to your class. And I was like, I'm so shooken up. But I went to my class. I came home that night. I went to bed. I woke up three o'clock in the morning, and at the foot of my bed was this giant black figure covered in black armor like something out of uh like the dark night kind of you know the black armor the helmet the whole thing i couldn't move i was frozen i couldn't speak i was just frozen and the thing was at the foot of my bed i don't talk about this much because i i it makes my heart go and it stood there and that's when i knew this was, this was the beginning of a spiritual war. There was something opened up that these things 
were now everywhere. Okay? And now, and I didn't know anything about Q. It wasn't, it wasn't at that time. I didn't know anything about conspiracy theories. I just knew from my faith and how I feel things. And when I saw that thing at the end of my bed, I knew that we were in for a spiritual warfare and that evil had been let loose. And that's all I felt in, in my being, I, not knowing anything. I, I thought we were ready for Armageddon. I was waiting for Wormwood to come out of the sky. I really was after 9-11. It shook me to my core. Just speaking about it, it still blocks me. And saying I didn't know anyone that died, thank you, God, because I don't think I would have survived. I ended up going on uh, antidepressants. And then a couple of years, I started smoking cigarettes again. Then I started drinking again. Like two years later, I mean, it it just, it I was never normal after that. My husband started drinking wow. right after that. It, it was terrible. It was like this cloud just came on all the families around here. People were getting arrested. Kids were getting in trouble. It was just. After that happened, everything changed. It was like a switch was turned on. Evil was let in. And there was nothing to stop it. There was nothing that could stop it. It was that strong. I don't know how to explain it. But now, you know, with all the research I've done throughout the years and going through all the the bad times and everything, I've learned that, all right, Maybe it's bad now, but it is going to get better because even with the Q post that just verifies it, it's a God wins. God wins, guys, but we're going to go through some hell on earth. So God wins. It's how you deal with it that makes you strong and helps make other people strong. So I was laughing at the idiots on the TV. One of the ways that you've dealt with it, I read, I had a quote, and I believe it's one of the, it may be the chorus from me, but I'm not sure. I think it's from your song, Me. But it says, uh, I'm not so predictable. I don't really know it at all. I am not invincible, but someday I'll walk through walls. And I'm like, holy cow, that's so amazing, you know, so deep, you know. I love that, those lyrics. And uh, it's kind of what you're saying, you're going to come back through it, whatever it is, you know. Yeah, that, that's and I guess y'all had to in New York. Me. Y'all had to. But it, I, I've been, it's been a, a really rough spiritual battle for me. After that happened, I was, you know, with the church and everything. It was just, maybe it wasn't the church that went bad on me. Maybe it was just what had happened, that an evil was released. And it was attacking everybody in different ways. And um, I think finally, you're right. You know, because a lot of people went through really tough times after that. I mean, it just it the, never the got night better. That, the night that Barack Obama got elected, I was standing outside, and I literally saw the clouds. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I saw the clouds do the craziest stuff. They were like swirling around, and it was like demons, you know. And I just felt that, and the whole moon just went black, and I just felt like this feeling of foreboding. Like I just knew that. Demons were everywhere, kind of like what you're talking about, what happened to you after 9 yeah. you know? And I felt well, the same were, thing. There and, were some reports of uh, kids were in cars, and they said that they looked up in the sky and they saw hundreds and thousands of angels flying towards the towers. 
Now that could have been the angels flying to to scoop up the souls because it was already too late that the plane or whatever had hit. But I'll tell you that was a sacrifice made to their demon. And that unleashed a hell on earth that we're still recovering from. And now you've you got the pestilence here while the deep state's pussyfooting around. But I'm seeing more and more bad people getting this corona. And yeah, I'm know, really, and I've got to tell people, I've been prepping. I put out a video that was prepping on a budget for the corona, which I tried to explain that prepping for a virus is not the same as prepping for the apocalypse. But I explained to them that if it does get really bad, that the only way to contain it would be martial law. That, that would be the only way because of the way it spreads. Well, that's but, next. And so I prep that's, that's for it for all, you know, for if it gets really – I was a prepper anyways. I live in the country, and I already, I'm already i in militia, and I was already a prepper. So it made it a lot easier for me. But even though I've prepared for the worst, I don't believe that it's as bad as they're saying. And I think that this is what Trump is doing for, one, a financial reset which we've all been saying, and now look at the announcement today, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think that this is a really good opportunity. I've been saying that when he does his 151,000 cell indictments, that the left will lose their ever-loving mind, and we would be in a lot of danger. And the only way that I felt that he would be able to round these people up and, set, and keep us safe would be through a form of martial law and with our military. This is a perfect way for him to round these people up, and I do believe these arrests are coming. And this may be a good well, time, and I, no one I know knows anyone with corona. Now, we do have one case. I, in I the, don't know anyone uh, with county, corona. And uh, we have one case in the county, so our schools are closed down, which I'm just like, oh, yay, we get two-week spring break. I don't have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. Praise God, you know, so I'm super amped about it. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't be, but I'm excited that we don't have school for a week. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of feel like this is it. This is the boom, boom, boom. You know, you tell us to be ready, that we're ready. It's coming, and God wins, and so, I mean, I, I do think that we still need to pray because it's a military operation, but I think they're going to sweep a lot of these people up, and they're going to use the corona as a way of exiting out. And you know, well, as well as I know, that a lot of analysts were chattering about Tom Hanks. There was a lot of chatter about Tom Hanks, and they were all saying that they thought he might be one of the first Hollywood people arrested, and then who was the first person with corona was Tom Hanks, you know? So I don't I don't know. What do you think about all that? Well, I think that now finally uh, de Blasio said the schools will be closed. He waited till the zero hour to announce the schools will be closed. But see, what's good about this is if the kids aren't in school, even if they're saying the young ones don't catch it and this and that, it's not that. It's like they can't do one of their psyops with the school shootings. If everyone's home, everyone's safe. So if they are going to round people up, Everyone's home safe. So I think it's safe this in is their homes in Texas because in New York, yeah, I don't know how exactly. safe y'all are. But I, Why do you I think the past year they've been trying to take everyone's guns? Why are they trying so hard to take everyone's guns? They're not taking ours in Texas. So That's not happening. You can't protect yourselves when this, this does happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Texas, even me having 34 guns, just myself, that's not my husband's gun. That's not even that many in Texas. I mean, I may be, I'm, I probably have less than 10,000 rounds of ammo, and that's not being a very good neighbor in Texas. <laughs> you know, I mean, we love our guns. That's, I don't know how in New York is, I don't know, y'all's guns. We're not allowed to have guns, you know. Crazy you, you have, 
We can't have guns here. <laughs> Y'all do have guns? I know I they're strict there. I have a big. I have a Louisville Slugger and a Samurai Sword. Oh, by the way, my friend Jerry <laughs> Gibson is running for governor for New York, and uh, he's a conservative. He's a black conservative, actually, and uh, I hope that he wins governor there. He's a great conservative guy, and he's a friend of mine, and his name's Derek Gibson. You ought to check into him because y'all could use a good governor. I sure don't like the one y'all have now. There's a lot of governors that are under the microscope right now because if you remember, I was cued for another post with Pompeo saying that he had a list. That the China government gave him a list of all the governors in the United States that have ties to China. Now yes. you see Gavin, Gavin singing the president's praises. You see Cuomo singing the president's praises. Okay? Now you know they must be on that list because now they all had to fall in line. But do you think they're using this while, while this corona is out? Do you think that they're going to use this time to do these arrests, or at least some of them? You know, I, 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 I have my own thoughts. They're not, you know, I'm very suspicious of what's going on. Like I'd hate to think that they're actually panicking the public. I mean, if they wanted to panic us, why didn't they just have aliens land? That's what I thought their end game was going to be, the aliens. Scare the crap out of the whole world. Have some, you know, release the alien info. But now they're doing it with a pandemic. And I hate to think yeah, that if people you get are dying chance, for no reason. If you get a chance, if you could, if you look, want to listen to the show that I did last night with Lori Swan, we brought up an email that Jordan Sather had actually covered in 2016, but it was a leaked survey that went to the Clinton Foundation uh, talking about how they could stop people essentially from voting because they were telling her that she was going to lose to Trump. And they had all these questions, and basically no matter what they threw at the Trump supporters, nothing was going to stop them from going to the polls. And they were actually planning on doing uh, like a Project Blue theme thing called Firesign, and they were going to uh, – uh, do the uh, cities in the sky and the giants in the sky and terrify people. And uh, I guess uh, Trump probably weren't that for them, but uh, they never did go into effect. So I thought they might do the same scenario and try to choose that again. But one of the things that they had listed on all these emails was a pandemic. And would that stop people from going to the polls? And that was one of the big ones. But if you get a chance to listen to the show that we did last night, we covered that whole uh, survey. And it was oh, very, very, very interesting. It's really crazy. This is like the craziest uh, – when I had done a show in 2016, so I was just like, wow, you know, this is crazy with this well, happening I, now. Well, I think the, the, the whole point that, you know, China is blaming the CIA for releasing this. Now, we know how dirty the CIA is and with the gun running and the drug running and everything else. Maybe they did release this because they're dirty clowns and they don't want this president in. Impeachment didn't work. Russia, Russia, Russia didn't work. You know, they've thrown everything at him. So let's throw a pandemic. They have in Wuhan, they have the research lab right there. This, this virus did not come from bat soup. I'm sorry, it didn't. These people have been eating crazy crap for centuries. <laughs> All right. 
There's no oh, way. It's definitely now, a bio did China, weapon. I think it did China release it? Or look at all the people that have money invested in China and all the companies leaving China and coming back to the United States under this administration. They're losing money hand over fist. They're losing money with the tariffs. They, you know, they're, they're losing money. They, they were supposed to be the big superpower running everything. We outsourced everything. Everybody sold off to China. So either someone's getting back at them by releasing this. Oh, Corey, I got to no matter how many China, of their own China people die. <laughs> China is asshole. <laughs> yeah, I put the video out. But I'm saying, you know, they don't care. It's just that they have to get rid of this man because he's changing the face of the planet. And China is now an exposed nerve. And everyone in association with them is being exposed. Yes. So you can like, use my this virus for bad or you can use it for good. Yeah, my biggest video is China, the real Game of Thrones, and I just totally exposed them. And the fact that they've been not only having uh, Long Beach taken from them, which they had access all the way since Bill Clinton to this port and bringing containers in, but God only knows how many human trafficking, drugs, weapons, whatever, you know, Club K weapons, everything else. And then he hit them with a the tariff. So he's been, you know, bitch slapping China around quite a bit. And I, I don't think a lot of people realize that, that China's real addictive. I don't trust them at all, and they have a deep state also that's involved with our deep state. We all know in my China video, I had called out Joe Biden and his brother and his son back in May, and based on key drops. And, uh, you know, nobody was talking about that until December. You know, so it was coming out in crowd strike. You know, no one was talking about that. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're in, because uh, they have a deep state also. So they have some dirty players that are involved with our deep state. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're in on it with this deep state too to to set that out because I had uh, uh, watched a video about a day or two before we heard about the virus, and this guy had leaked a video out of China, and he said that there were seven cities that had risen up simultaneously with Hong Kong and that they were protesting against the Chinese government and that he was at one of the protests and that the police came, and one guy that was standing by him actually had his head beat in by a club by a cop. And he said there were all these people in the street, and that the Chinese tanks were actually running over the people. Well, then all of a sudden, that video gets scrubbed before too many people saw it, and the next thing you know, we're hearing about this virus. So I was like, okay, well, they just locked down these cities and made up this virus. But it wouldn't surprise me if they shut it down their own people because uh, you know, that's, China doesn't – China's different. China doesn't care about their people. They don't care, and a lot of people don't understand how dangerous communism is, you know. But uh, they're pretty violent, evil, and they they, ter- they should terrify everyone. Uh, if you get a chance to go to Wolfpack Radio, that's P-A-Q for PAC, and watch my China video, uh, it's really good. It's some of the best work I've ever done, and it really exposes China uh, to kind of blow everybody's mind. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're somehow involved in this with the deep state, and I think they definitely want to take out Donald Trump. I really think that they want Nancy Pelosi as president, but I think that Donald Trump and the NSA, I think accused the generals and NSA and President Trump, and that they're probably going to flip the switch and do a lot of these arrests during this time, I hope. Uh, even if the virus isn't as bad as what they're saying it is, with Donald Trump uh, quarantining people and, and doing the things that we're doing, it'll keep the numbers down in America, and it's still going to make our president look good. Keep everyone safe, make him look good, and give them an opportunity to go in and maybe take out some of these rodents. I'm hoping. 
Yeah, China. That video you like posted is killing mean, what's the, what's the China is at home. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. And now Biden. That's, and, that's uh, my favorite tweet of yours, by the way. Of all your tweets, that's my favorite. <laughs> well, Gangnam Style was already my favorite song. I've already, I already love Gangnam Style. Everybody knows me knows I love Gangnam Style. And back when I drank, I don't drink now because I have a, a gas. Uh, I had some gastro bleeding. But uh, when I was drinking and partying a little bit, uh, I would always get drunk and dance like Gangnam Style. <laughs> and then I'm obsessed with China. All my shows are about China. And uh, and so then when that came out, and, and it's like President Trump doesn't trust China. China's well, this is why they push the, the, the Russian narrative so much, to cover for China. Exactly. Well, that's what you know, it was all cover. Russia, 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 look don't here, look, don't here, look here, here, China, you know? Yeah. So, so you've been telling us that. It's 10 to 8, and we got the debates coming on. I'm going to be watching it so I can... I want to get some good Biden gas and watch the two grumpy old men fight each other. This it's going to be hilarious. I'll definitely have some laughing videos out tonight, everybody. <laughs> I, ne- I never watch them. Maybe I'm not watching tonight. But before we only have about 11 minutes left in the show, 12 minutes. But before we get off, I have to know uh, what got you into Q and how I'm you sorry? got into the good. What brought you to Q and into the Q and all movement? I've got to know this. I'm dying to know. I, you know, I'm trying to think how I started. I, you know, I was mostly on Facebook just promoting my music and stuff. And then I saw a couple things here and there and, you know, started researching stuff. And I said, you know, let me get one of these Twitter accounts because I'm really starting to like this Donald Trump guy. And uh, then I started that. And then I started seeing, oh, look, this person's posting stuff and follow. Basically, I joined. Twitter to to follow the president because nobody was following, you know saying anything about him and being in New York no one liked him everyone was crying about Hillary and at, at that time after eight years of Obama I was like I, I don't care who, who any of these people are after what happened with nine eleven that was it for me I was done with politics I was done with politicians I was because I knew something stunk I knew something evil was going on and I basically just gave up. I know that doesn't sound very Christian of me, but my heart was dark and upset and hurt and beaten down. But then I, I started, you know, I, I saw what this Jordan guy was putting in, and I saw a couple other people. I said, who's this Lisa? And, and then I'm looking, you know, Instagram. I was like, but this is really interesting. I said, how do I get to see this Q stuff? I didn't know about Q. I didn't know anything. And basically, I taught myself. Just looking at other people, and then I saw a few videos, and I said, oh, look at this stuff on YouTube. And instead of just trying to promote myself with my music, I started started into, like, this is a whole movement here. Look at this. Look at these people. They're fantastic. They think like me. Oh, this one sings too. And, you know, and it just, it's just snowballed. But nobody taught me. No one took me by the hand. I believe it was divine intervention because I've been on my face praying about it praying about, you know, what's next for me, Lord? I got to get out of this dark place. And then I saw uh, on Reddit, there was all these great awakening subs on there. And they were showing with the child trafficking in these videos. And, you know, I was abused as a child. 
by a grandfather who I found out after he died wasn't even my real grandfather. And I saw what was this trafficking stuff going on and this abuse, and it just hit home. And I saw someone posted on Twitter, this woman was saying, oh, you know, people, they do this to themselves. And what they do. And I just made this tweet saying, you know, I was abused as a kid. And this person is lying because you can smell when somebody has been abused and they're telling the truth. I can smell it. And then all these people came in and befriended me and wanted to hear my story. And then it just, it took off from there. I found souls that were like me and they were able to show me. And then I just, it it was like going to Bible college, but now it was Q college. I just inundated myself with information. I wanted to know everything. I wanted to learn everything. And I was on my face for a week crying when I saw what was going on and what the government was really doing. And it was painful. It really, I, I said, I don't know if I can do this. And I got the strength. And now I found my niche where it's laughing bubble heads that seem to blow up when I film the TV. I have no control over that. It's just the way some of them are aliens and some aren't because you can see from my videos, some people have giant heads and some people look perfectly normal. The president always looks good on my videos for some reason. So maybe I do have an alien antenna hooked up to my TV. But this this is how I survive. This is how I get the message across. I do it with comedy and I've been very blessed. And all the people And I've it's resonating. And, like uh, I said, you have over 40,000 followers just on Twitter alone. And no telling how many follow you that don't even want to follow you because they're worried about trolls. So you probably have triple that amount. I know there's a lot of people that I actually follow that I'm not following because I have them on a list, you know. But uh, yeah, you uh, you're just a a ray of sunshine that affects every single person that hears your voice. You have something about you, Carly. That, like I said, who is this girl? There's, and I have a, I have a, a talent for for spotting talent. Okay, I I just have a gift for this. I I, I can find someone that's extremely unique. And I was just just really drawn. I'm not gay. I mean, <laughs> it's not like that, you know. But I was just really really drawn to you. And I'm like, what is what is it about this girl's spirit that I'm vibing on? She's just amazing. I've got to know more about this girl. You know, who is this Carly? You know, and you are just one of the most beloved of all Anons, and when you started on this journey, did you ever dream in your wildest dream that you would pull up the Q map and see your tweet on a Q drop? Oh, no, never. Are you kidding? I was so shy. I was like, I don't know. You know, I'm just, I'm on a learning curve. I'm still learning because I don't know the numbers and stuff. I don't memorize posts. I'll get, you know, little taglines and stuff, but I do everything from feeling. It's like some people said, Carly, you're already negative, so you may be empathic or something. It's a spiritual gift. Discernment. Yeah, that's what it is, you know. So I feel things. I'll see people. I'll I'll catch things on television other people don't see. Like today I saw the, the president just drop that piece of paper from Google. 
is basically giving the, the mainstream media the middle finger. And I laughed so hard, and I filmed it, and I cracked up, and I put it out there, and everyone's like, oh, my God. I, you know, some people said, you know, I never would have noticed that if I didn't hear your cackle. <laughs> like, okay. Let's do that cackle one good. more time, okay? Let, let's hear that cackle <laughs> one more time. I'm going to play this. I'm going to play oh, this wait, Rachel. Oh, they're, they're on. Hit, oh, God. I can't, I can't get enough of this Rachel Maddox stuff, okay? I just cannot get enough of it. I'm going to play it one more time. It's just 27 seconds. To do what <laughs> Bill Barr stopped Mueller from doing. And, and that's fascinating. <laughs> everybody would crying. like to hear that from Robert Mueller as well as from Bill Barr. But uh, at this point, it's only Bill Barr who is speaking on Mueller's behalf. Oh. Robert Mueller is still, at this point, publicly silent, uh, as he has been from the very beginning. Although we'll have more on that in a moment. Uh, here's what you know, I'll quote you oh, that's great. That's great. I can't stand We all can't stand her. We can't stand my laugh. And you guys all think it's the greatest thing. I I love it. I love it. The thing I can't stand has become the most popular aspect of me. Go figure that. What a world. <laughs> well, it's nice to be able to laugh. It feels good, you know. And it feels good to win. It feels good to win. And we're winning. And we love liberal cheers because it gives us strength, Okay. We thrive on it. We need it. They need their adrenochrome, and we need liberal tears. That's just how it is. But uh, Amen, I, sister. Thank you for having so me times, on. I'm so honored. I I am just like I, – I should have been a nervous – I was a nervous wreck. I was a nervous wreck. But I wasn't terrified like I usually am because I was so excited. But I was just like, I'm not going to freak out because it's Carly. It's just Carly. She's so comfortable. She's so it's down to earth. It's just me. I'm just, a, I'm just a crazy blood from New York, and I love Texas. <laughs> I love Texas. Well, you have a lot of hardcore fans out there. And my sister, my evil twin sister, Deborah Lee Haney, if you're there, is working. Uh, she works so hard, and uh, she loves you so much. So, Carly, if you could just give a big shout-out and say hello, Deborah, I'd appreciate it. Oh, Deborah, uh, I love you, baby. Oh. In the heart of Texas. Got to have my evil twin. She says I'm the evil twin, but it's her. But she says it may be me. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, she's great. She's just uh, – I red-pilled her, and she. we came in this summer. We did nothing but watch YouTube and she drops all summer long. And she is red-pilling every person she sees. And whenever I told her you know, that you were going to be on the show, she's like, oh, my God, sister – that's too cute. Uh, both her and Bard's awards, they're they're you know reposted by Q. It's almost like you've been cute, sister. And I go, I know. I'm being chewed by Prosty because I'm talking to Carly. so <laughs> <laughs> adorable. Oh, the old men are on. But I appreciate you so much for coming on and for everything that you do by helping people smile and. Being just a pure inspiration and showing us, you know, just all your different talents that you have, and so many things that you 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 know could could be doing right now. And what one thing that you are doing is fighting for our country, fighting for our president, and fighting for the truth, and fighting for God. And uh, we just admire you and we love you, Carly. And I uh, just never change. Just always keep doing what you're doing because we absolutely love you. 
And thank you so much for doing my show. I, like I said, I haven't done very many episodes on this new broadcast, but I'm very, very picky about who. I don't care about a lot of people being on it, but I want the people on there to be quality and they have to be really special. And you are, and I love you. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, God bless you, honey, and God bless Texas, and God bless America, and God bless our president. And uh, I'll see you out there in the Cutiverse. <laughs> Yay, and by the way, I'm getting so famous since I did you on my show. I've gotten, like, so many followers that uh, Twitter won't even let me follow them back. I'm like, oh, my God, this is what it's like to be friends with Carly? Wow. <laughs> if you get a chance, if you could repost my China video, I would really appreciate that. I'm shadow banned. Uh, I used to be kind of famous on Facebook, and I got really bad shadow banned, and so I have a, I have a really hard time getting my stuff out. But uh, I would really appreciate that if you don't mind. And uh, Well, that's okay. it. We've got 10 seconds. So God bless you all. God bless our country. And I love you, Carly. Take care. And this is Hurricane Ann, and I'm out. And thanks, Carly. Bye, honey. Thank you. Thank you.